The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Hello and welcome to what feels like the eye of the storm. Here in the Red FM studios, the wind and rain is incredible out there, so hopefully you are keeping safe wherever you are. It is Sarah McKenzie Foley here with you for the next hour. I've got a roundup of all the day's sporting action for you, as well as reaction to the Cork versus Galway Ladies Football National League game, which went ahead against all of the odds today. We'll also hear from ECC Blue Demons assistant coach Stuart Rogers. Plus, I've got Dorothy Wall on Ireland's upcoming Women's Six Nations campaign, as well as a chat with Andrew Conway, who spoke to Rory during the launch of Virgin, Virgin Media Park earlier this week. Let's get into it, shall we? We're starting off with Gaelic Games where Cork's game against Limerick in the Munster Senior Hurling League was postponed today for a third time after a failed pitch inspection following heavy overnight rain. Elsewhere though, as I mentioned, Cork opened their little ladies national football league campaign with a win against Galway today in hugely challenging conditions. The match was originally due to be played in Mallow but was moved to Bishopstown 4G pitch due to the weather. The full-time score was Cork 1-6 to Galway 5 points and we'll have post-match analysis and reaction from that game for you very shortly to the Premier League now where Liverpool are hoping to open up a five point lead at the top of the table as they face Bournemouth that game is underway at the moment and it is currently 1-0 to Liverpool in the day's earlier game West Ham drew two all with Sheffield United thanks to a very late Sheffield penalty coming after 103 minutes in that game to basketball now and it's a Cork Derby in the Paddy O'Connor Cup final this evening as Catalyst Father Matthews face off against Gronabraher Credit Union Brunel. That game tipped off from National Basketball Arena at 5pm and in the second quarter it is currently Brunel who are in the lead and will hopefully get you a final score from there before the end of the show as well. Finally in rugby the last 16 picture is becoming clearer after today's games in the Investec Champions Cup. Ronan O'Gara's La Rochelle beat Sale Sharks 37-24 in their Pool 4 game this afternoon to secure their place in the round of 16, while in Pool 2, Toulouse beat Bath to take top seeding away from Leinster. The Pool stages will wrap up with the game between Exeter Chiefs and Bayonne this evening. That game kicked off at 5.30 and it is currently Bayonne who are in the lead there. Last night, Munster fell to a 14-man Northampton Saints side in Thoman Park, but a losing bonus point means that they have still qualified for the round of 16. Head coach Graham Rowntree spoke to Ashing already after the game. Graham Rowntree, not the result you would have hoped for today. Bitterly disappointing, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. He spoke at half-time saying it wasn't just going to happen simply because they had 14 men on the field. And immediately we start the second half, give two cheap penalties away. And we didn't manage the game well into the into the wind and the rain. Yeah, uh, maybe a slow start to the game, but 15-7 at half-time looked to be getting into your groove a little bit then. We were, we were. It's similar to the Bayonne game. We were trying to ch- chase that next try. Uh, but, you know, hugely frustrating to watch. The lads are down in there for obvious reasons. It just Our option taking wasn't good enough in that second half. We were running when we should have been kicking and kicking when we should have been running. And we conceded a try there from a mall where we just seemed to take our eye off the ball literally and vacate the mall and they went through and scored. Northampton, they play a pace. Was that hard to deal with at times? 
and they played at pace but they knew how to keep the pressure on us as well um, now we'll have a we'll have a good look at what we can do better into the into the wind and the rain what more can I say we, we've got to look at what we can do better and drive a game on just keep going we're into the round of 16 we'll see what happens tomorrow afternoon Finally, in international hockey, the Ireland men's team has qualified for the 2024 Olympic Games in Paris. They beat South Korea 4-3 earlier today in Valencia to secure their place in the Summer Games. Let's spend some time on a deep dive into that Cork ladies football game against Galway because both of those teams deserve huge kudos for playing that game at all, considering the weather conditions. And absolutely drenched Ger McCarthy joins me now on the line. Ger, you are a true martyr for the cause, as I was saying to you earlier today. But look, you saw a Cork win nonetheless uh, out there. Considering the conditions, is it even a fair reflection of both those teams' abilities today? Um, uh, no, it wasn't. That's a fair point, Sarah. The, the weather conditions were absolutely atrocious. I mean, we're in the middle of a storm, Isha, at the moment. This match was originally scheduled for Mallow um, on uh, on Sunday afternoon. It had to be moved to Bishopstown because of their 4G pitch, which meant that uh, that Astro Turf uh, playing surface meant the game would definitely go ahead. But I mean, a gale wind—you often hear and uh, hear it—but this is a gale wind plus uh, constant driving rain. It was just awful, awful conditions for both teams. Cork had the benefit of the wind in the first half, uh, Galway in the second, but. It was a really, really tough game for both sets of players. And I think they deserve credit because they put in a huge effort. But it was always going to be low scoring. It was only going to be a couple of scores in it because of the weather. But there's a bigger question mark here because, uh, Sarah, rugby cancelled everything today. Soccer cancelled everything today. Ladies football decided to go ahead with things, which is fine. But that Galway team has a long journey back to Galway this evening on their coach. And they'll be um, in in a county with a red weather alert. And at 5 p.m., things are going to be even worse than now, if it's at all possible. So some things to consider for another day. But yeah, the weather was the absolute, the, the biggest element of today's game was not Cork winning by a low margin. It was the weather which dictated things from the, from the first to the final whistle. Certainly, yeah. Some bigger bigger picture questions to be asked there, as you say. And it was a new look team for Cork. There's not a, a lot of uh, a lot of sort of fresh fresh players on that panel. Yes, uh, very much so. Um, no Dern O'Sullivan, Kiro O'Sullivan, Breed O'Sullivan, um, Maeve O'Sullivan, Laura Fitzgerald, uh, Emer Meek. All the O'Sullivans. <laughs> yeah, the Morn Abbey contingent. So a lot of experience not there today. But in their absence, Mara Callan from Morn Abbey was captain. She was excellent at centre-back. And the experienced players in the back line, Melissa Duggan and Libby Coppinger, played superbly. But it was the young players who came into the team midfield from Klein, Aoife Healy and Aero Sean O'Connor did superbly at midfield. Ellie Jack at Morn Abbey and Cy Valeri who's returning to the senior panel from Kinsale player for the first time in two years. They were brilliant on either wing and up front um, a good day as well for uh, well two, the two McDonough's from Nave Vaughan played really well but Lydia McDonough really uh, shone in the corner forward position. Emma Cleary and Hannah Looney are experienced players but they did very well alongside her but yeah I suppose it, not alone that the players that came off the bench from Clannock Hilty likes of Katie O'Driscoll Kate Redmond from Kinsale Emma Hurley from Island Rovers um, you know a lot of young young players today getting their first taste of inter-county football really important that I suppose Cork got the win but more so uh, Sarah that these players were exposed not just to the elements but to the physicality of senior inter-county football and they certainly stood up and a word too 
for the goalkeeper from Bride Rovers, Sarah Murphy, in awful, awful conditions. She kept a clean sheet and did really, really well. So, yeah, encouraging signs, considering the number of players and the experience that, that wasn't there and all those young players that were. Um, I think Shane Ronan was very pleased afterwards just to get out with the win. But it, it bodes well for the future that these players showed up and, and did, did themselves proud today. 100% and I suppose we have to mention Katie Quirk considering she scored yeah. everything for Cork today uh, she certainly looks like a player that teams are going to have to figure out how to shut down throughout the rest of the season Yes and uh, a player that's come onto the inter-county scene in the last couple of years and somebody that I've always admired uh, when she played for Pride Rovers and she's just showed what a class act she is today uh, Katie Quirk scored, scored all 1-6 of Cork's total three of those were frees and the goal in the 38 minute was the real turning point Cork led six points to one and a half time thanks to the wind um, but after 38 minutes there was a goal mode scramble that Galway failed to clear Katie got the ball, uh, wrestled it from a couple of defenders and found the, the back of the net, that was the crucial score because Cork didn't score again for the remainder of the game and while Galway chipped away at the lead they had enough done to make sure of the victory but look it was a fantastic performance by Cork on the 40 and Galway struggled to contain her even when she wasn't scoring it was her work rate and her ability to create space for other players that I was really really impressed with but when you consider just how terrible the, the conditions were to score 1-6 in, in, in a game like this mm. marks her down as you said as a class act she's going to be a player that's going to be um, have to be closely marked in the next couple of rounds by whoever come up against a good day for the Pride Rovers forward uh, and when you score 1-6 on any day it's a good day but when you score all your team's points uh, it's a real reflection of how good a player and what a fantastic player she's developing into For sure really promising performance I think for from the whole team for hopefully what will bode well for the rest of the season Jarrett we will let you go home and hopefully dry out I hope you have a dehumidifier at the ready but uh, thanks so much as always for, for being there on the sidelines No bother Sarah I hope next time we speak I'll be fire dryer and it won't be a storm brewing thank you thanks sir now the Echoes Rory Noonan spoke to Galway manager Daniel Moynihan also to get his reaction to today's result Daniel obviously no doubt disappointed to lose but a lot of good things from your team out there today particularly in the conditions they worked really really hard all through in fairness to them yeah absolutely I think the weather conditions were, were very difficult for us uh, first half I thought we were very good excellent able to, to, to keep Cork to, to the score that we did you know so we worked we worked pretty hard I thought we set ourselves up into a decent position but um, Cork got the goal at the right time in the second half and I think it just galvanised them a little bit deflated us for a few minutes and it took us a while to get going so this what it is we'll we take the good out of it for sure I suppose on a day like today you, I suppose you learn about the character of your players and they really showed the because they battled right to the end in fairness absolutely absolutely I think yeah, you know nearly the last kick of the, the, the game was, was, was about us trying to probe looking for a goal so I, I can't um, I can't fault the heart um, and that's something that we, that we look for a new management team going in there um, they, they gave their all out there and uh, unfortunately it just wasn't to be as you just mentioned there you're a new manager of the team this year first match you'll always learn a few things from no doubt you'll do a few areas you'll be working on ahead in the game next week yeah exactly look it's a learning curve for us as much as it is for them they get to know us and what we're about and, 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 and you know it's 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 going to be something that's going to take a little bit of time a couple of games to get into before we find a rhythm for ourselves but uh, quick turnaround now may own six days time so uh, no rest yeah, safe journey home thank you very much and as Jura mentioned he spoke to the Cork manager Shane Ronane after the game as you can imagine, the conditions were extremely windy, so prior warning, you will hear a bit of that in the audio. Shane, Renee, first of all, congratulations. Three points on the board. Considering the awful conditions and the fact that you had to move this match, was that really the bottom line today? Um, look, I suppose we're delighted with the three points, but uh, I suppose, look, 
a fairly new team out there. You know, there was four girls making their first league starts. You know, you were missing probably seven or eight and seen them play against Dublin last year. So, look, we were looking for a big performance on them. Work hard, have a good attitude. And if we got the win, which I feel we could if we played with the potential. And look, we're delighted with it. They, the way they battled out there, they never, like, even the, look at the goal we got. Um, we had had a chance. They got it back. We got it back off them again. And Katie stuck it. And I think, you know, the outstanding work from them all. We got six girls on as well off the line. Uh, you know, they worked incredibly hard, I thought, you know, in horrible conditions. Look, horrible conditions for both teams. But look, in fairness, um, we played some very good football in, the, in, in those conditions. We're delighted with, with the three points. We've been working very hard since since we've been back there in November. Um, we haven't done a lot of field work done. So, look, we're very happy. But we know we've a long way to go. But look, today was about performing. And look, we're delighted we got the win. Uh, you're, before we talk about Katie Crick, your back six had a very different look to it today because of all the players are missing. But your full back line, Libby full back, Melissa and Dara in the corners, how happy were you with the way they turned over possession, the whole back six? I looked at her outstanding, I thought, you know, um, especially I thought Melissa in the corner was unbelievable altogether, you know. Uh, but she's been, she's, she's just been in great form since she came back this year, and I think we know she played very well in the two challenge games we played. So I'm not, not surprised with Libby. Look, Libby's only learning her trade inside full back in football. She's a full back in Camogie, it's supposed all the time. But I think what she, what she, what she you know, brings back to her great experience in Uktara Canary, it wants to be on this team, you know. She started game there maybe two years ago in, in the championship, and she hasn't got much of a look in since. But different era back this year, and like we're delighted and looked, our two, our two wing backs, Derek and Kylie, Kylie isn't used to playing there. Thought she was outstanding for the 50 minutes she was on. Amy McDonough, her first start, brilliant stuff, you know. And look, Mara, I thought Mara was, was brilliant as captain, like, you know, on centre back and really held, held the ground there. But look, I'm just delighted with the Mifa Healy there midfield, Shauna Cronin coming back yeah. into, you know, coming back, stepping back up into county again. Like, it's a different ball game to club. And Shauna told her the other even 40 minutes, and she gave us 40 massive minutes. Even what she did there with her last act of the game was to force a 45 when she just punched the ball off, off a of a Galway pair they got lost cause but there was no lost causes out there today and I think look we're delighted and up front the girls worked incredibly hard look it wasn't probably a day for forwards like Hannah has been going well in her, you know, at full forward but you know she worked extremely hard laid off good ball I thought Katie Quirk's kicking was outstanding yeah. you know all your scores coming from Katie Quirk that's going to be the headline grabber mm-hmm. but her work rate Shane which is something you've talked about a lot down through the years she earned all those scores yeah look I think especially the goal she turned it over um, but I think what, what Katie has done now Katie's stepped up to the mantle you know there's, there's a few big players not 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 there in the forwards anymore, and I you know I was kind of I was hoping the other night she'd go on a streak, and uh, you know she did, and I'd score one six. I know that's going to be looking at you know, but I think in a day like today, anybody who's scoring at all, you're doing very well. It wasn't going to be a massive spread of, spread of scores there. We've got a few inexperienced players in there. Probably wasn't the day of size big comeback, and you know it wasn't the day for Sive, but I thought her work rate was outstanding as well. So look, we're delighted, Lydia McDonough again getting her first start. Like these players were just they were excellent. Like Ellie Jack hasn't got a lot of time over the last year, so unlucky last year got injured thought she worked extremely hard so look we're delighted and as I said all the players who went in were excellent like you know and uh, so look we're, we're, de- look, we're delighted George. It's, it's, been a, it's a dirty day um, tough conditions but we're delighted to get three points and just finally getting those points on the board Armagh coming next weekend they're coming off a win as well this is another test now for your young team Absolutely. Look, uh, we we know Armagh are going to be very good. They were they put it up to us last in the championship. They have a new manager, John Gregor McGonagall, who's very very experienced with Dublin and Monaghan. Uh, we know we've had a few battles with him down down through the year, so they're going to be very very organised. They've got a lot of good players. They're coming down to Cork. They have three three points on the board. You look, and if you, you know if some whoever gets to win next week is setting themselves up nicely for the rest of it. You know, and, I, and you know it takes the pressure off. Like if you can get get six points on the board early on, you know the pressure comes off. You can start to play your football. Today was about getting that performance, but then when it comes down to the their last ten minutes, you know it became like a championship match. You want to win when you're ahead. You want to win, and I think the, the girls, in fairness, they battled so hard. We're we're just delighted with them. Congrats, well done. Thanks very much, John. 
Let's hear now from a few of the Cork ladies who were out there in the trenches this afternoon. Fullback Libby Coppinger spoke to Dur after the game. Uh, Libby Coppinger, first of all, congratulations. Talk to me as a player. What was it like to play in those absolutely atrocious conditions, first of all? Um, it was... It was very tough. I think we even found it tougher in the second half, kind of playing against the wind, the water coming into the face was very tough. It was hard to see at times. Um, but no, look, we kind of, we knew it was going to be um, miserable out there. But look, we got three points, so that's all we wanted. And at the same time, somehow still play, managed to play a decent football as well. So we're, we're happy with it. You know, start start of the year, you kind of can't expect much, but we got the win anyway. Uh, in a full back, much like the Camogie, I mean, how, how have you found it? Because you seem to have settled in quite well there. Um, yeah, it's funny, it's a bit of a change. Um, shouldn't be too much of a change, you know, have played there in Komogi, but it's just, you'd miss your um, hurley, <laughs> right? But uh, no, look, everyone's great around me. You know, the girls are really, um, I suppose, supporting me and figuring out the, the do's and don'ts back there. Um, and yeah, look, we're trying it. It might turn out very bad or it might be... <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a missing link, so um, yeah, look, we'll, we'll see how we get on. <laughs> Just finally, three points in the bag with Armagh coming to town. They've won today, they won by five points against Waterford. What kind of you've played them last year, you know, the tough test that's ahead. How hard a game is that going to be for you? Yeah, look, I think the the day the quarterfinal last year, it was kind of similar conditions to this. Um, it was it was a battle right down to the end. So we know they're going to bring massive fight next week. Um, we just kind of have to dust ourselves down, put in a good week's uh, training, and then look, yeah, bring the same fight we brought this week, and hopefully we'll be able to have another three points. If I'm talking to you again, <laughs> and hopefully no deluge and gale winds. Eh? Yeah, no, <laughs> nicer day would be helpful as well. A bit of sunshine wouldn't go astray. Congratulations, everyone! Well Cheers, thanks, Jerry. Yeah, I can understand the, the want for a bit of sunshine there for those poor girls. Mauro Callahan, who was Cork captain, also spoke to her. Mauro Callahan, Cork AGFA senior captain. Congratulations. Victory on the board over Galway, 1-6-0-5. Horrible weather conditions, to put it mildly. Um, how happy are you that such a young team cope so well? Yeah, sure. We're delighted there now. Like, I suppose you hit the nail on the head there. Look, the conditions were horrible. I suppose we had a bit of an advantage given that it was a home game for us, so we didn't have to travel. But look, when it's when the weather is that poor, it really comes down to a dogfight. Um, so like, I think it shows a lot of character out of the team there today that we were able to, to get the win today on the board. Um, as the captain, you're one of the elder uh, statesmen of the team, without laughing at it. But it, it is quite a young panel this year. There's so many players going to be absent for the league. Fantastic. Uh, performance by them and the players that came on a great experience yeah definitely it's great experience for you know all of the newer um, younger players who I suppose haven't had maybe even I suppose coming into the panel last year mightn't have had seen as much game time so um, like being able to go toe to toe there today with um, a very strong Galway team um, will definitely stand to us um, and look we're just looking ahead into the next game now and we're hoping again to put a strong performance on the board um, next week the visit of uh, Armagh to Lisa an even tougher challenge again they won as well today you know from last year playing up there what, what, a, what a fantastic team there Greg McGonagall is in charge of them now I know a name that Cork know well how much are you looking forward to that challenge? Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Um, I suppose look, they're coming in off the back of a, a good win today as well, so they'll be full of confidence. But I suppose they ha- do have a long journey ahead of them, so we'll be going in with a slight advantage in that sense, obviously being able to you know, go to park here in. But look, they're, they're a brilliant side, and we're expecting a huge challenge again, but hopefully in better weather conditions. Absolutely, and just from your own sake as well, uh, that centre-back position, holding it down today, position you like best? 
yeah, I, I really like playing centre-back, you know, to be honest, I don't really mind where I am um, on the pitch. I'll, I'll go anywhere. Maybe goals is probably the, the only place I draw the line, but yeah, I'm enjoying centre-back now at the moment. Excellent stuff, Maura. Well done. We'll see you next week. Thanks, sir. Congratulations again to that Cork Ladies team today for that win to open up their campaign this year. Now, before we move on, I do have an almost full-time score for you from that Liverpool-Bournemouth game. It's actually really amped up now on the Liverpool side. It's 3-0 to Liverpool. There are going to be eight minutes at a time, though. They're at about 90 plus three at the moment, so still about another five minutes left to go there. And it's also half time now in that Ladies National Cup basketball final from National Basketball Arena. And it's Catalyst Father Matthews 45, Grana Broher, Credit Union Brunel 54. So still Brunel ahead there going into the second half. And we're going to stay on the topic of basketball because it was an all-cork battle in the Men's National Cup final last night as well. That was between Ballincollig and UCC Blue Demons. And after a close-fought close first three quarters, the Demons went into fifth gear and they managed to secure the win. And their assistant coach, Stuart Rogers, very kindly agreed to chat with me today while making the journey home to Cork on the team bus. Now, given that he was on the team bus, you'll have to forgive a bit of noise behind him at times. Uh, everyone is really excited and in the mood to celebrate, but we had a great chat nonetheless. I'm joined now by Stuart Rogers, assistant coach of UC Demons, who have woken up this morning as Men's National Cup champions, securing their first title since the 2014-15 season. Stuart, tell us how you and the team are feeling this morning. Um... Yeah, we're, we're top of the world, you know. Um, right now, as you can imagine, the team is on a high coming from where we've come from over the past few years. And, you know, I think the players, you know, they're deservedly celebrating in style and, you know, we're in good spirits. Absolutely. I watched the game last night and Balancolic had a strong performance in the first half, but you guys really turned up the heat in the second half and looked in control, particularly in that fourth quarter. What were the key messages that you and the coaching staff were delivering at half-time to help the team unlock that second-half performance? Well, I suppose if you look at the, if you look at the numbers all season, and especially in the Cup, we've been hitting high scores. And like when we looked at half-time, we might have had 30-odd points, and we knew that like Seventh and Elijah hadn't got going at that point. And, you know, I think James Hannigan hadn't even a point at that stage. And, you know, these players, we know that are capable of doing damage when they're on form so like the key the message was really for the players stick to the plan and you know just go and execute and you know hopefully the shots will drop on the night and but thankfully they did Absolutely you mentioned Seventh Woods there he was named joint MVP and was certainly key to the win how would you sum up his impact overall this season given he's it's his first year with the team? Um, you know the Seventh Woods obviously comes with a big name and you know um the character, character isn't as big as the name. He's a quiet man in, in in nature, and you know, Seven does a lot of things very quietly, and he's a very humble guy. And you know, for us, he's been an absolute trooper throughout the year. Where he's got baskets for us when we needed it, but at the same time, you know, he suffered a bit of an injury with the with the hamstring that time, and you know, we had to sit him for three or four weeks, but. I'm oh, just glad that he's back knowing the score and he's glad that he's back leading the team to glory, you know. For sure. And James Hannigan was another player who looked very cool and collected, I have to say, towards the end of the game last night. How pleased are you to see the hard work pay off for these guys? Well, yeah, well, like, 
second season in Super League, I suppose. You know, um, but for these young guys, I think when the Hannigans came in, they gave us an awful boost, you know, from Neptune. And, you know, their, their enthusiasm to win and their, their hunger to fight uh, give us another dimension. And when you add, you know, stalwarts like Kyle Asford and Calvin Cuff and Dave Lehan, you know, we've got a really young side, um, you know, that are hungry and eager to win. And look, the future is bright. I was just going to say, yeah, that's a great building block to, to move forward. I can imagine that winning silverware at this stage of the season is going to be really helpful in terms of momentum to carry the team forward. How excited are you about the potential of this group? Well, you know, like as people are well aware, you know, we're not in a great place in the league standings right now, but the league is based over so many months, not just one or two. Mm. Um, but, like, the thing is, is that we just got to get it right at the right times and as much as we're down right now we're in a very good place as a team and we just need to go up and execute and finish off games and we're not losing them by massive amounts but you know we need to start getting over the line on them you know certainly look Stuart uh, it sounds like you're, you've got some excited fellas behind you there in the bus so I'll let you go but thanks so much for chatting to us here on the Big Red Bench and congratulations again on last night's win Thanks very much, and we really appreciate it. We've got to see. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Welcome back. You are listening to The Big Red Bench with myself, Sarah McKenzie Foley and it is officially full time in the game between Liverpool and Bournemouth. 4-0 it has finished to Liverpool. So there will be a lot of Reds fans around Cork. Very, very happy about that this evening. Because earlier this week I got to chat to Dorothy Wall from the Munster in Ireland women's rugby team and she is looking forward to a campaign again this year with the Ireland team they have a new coach in place Scott Beamond and they managed to have a really solid end to 2023 in their season so they're hoping for a lot of positive results this year after a tough campaign in 2023 so let's hopefully get this audio for you going from my chat with Dorothy earlier this week I'm going to start off with a fun fact because it's already been four years since you made your international union debut, which I know COVID, COVID happened in the meantime, but can you believe yeah. that it's already been that long? That seems like a really long time. I know, yeah. It's like I'm 23 and yet I'm kind of one of the older people in like the centralised and stuff. So it's strange, but yeah, I know you kind of, I kind of take my years as each Six Nation cycle. That's kind of how I am. Um, figure out the different years you kind of have different memories from each one when you started out you would have been partnered by Claire Malloy and Kira Griffin and you mentioned how handy at the time it was to have that experience around you but as you said you're now on the more experienced side what's that transition been like for you um I suppose it's kind of a, a faking it till you make it as well like <laughs> you you know more than maybe some of the girls who are you know, might have one Interpro campaign behind them or, you know, just brought into Celtic Challenge, but you obviously aren't the complete mecca of knowledge. I don't know if anyone <laughs> ever is, but it's good to be able to, you know, learn from different coaches and different experiences, what worked, what didn't, what's a banker, what can settle people. It's kind of, I think, managing people more than even making decisions is kind of managing the people around you as well. And that's definitely something I've learned with um, not managing, but, you know, 
learning what works for people um monster and celtic cup and stuff so it's definitely been a big learning curve and i, I think the more i learn the more i realize the less i know <laughs> so <laughs> i think it's a, a, a constant cycle but uh, no, it's like... great to learn from yeah, exactly. Um, I think when you think you know it all, you should probably give it up. So <laughs> continue to not know much. And you've had experience of both sevens and, and union at the international level. I won't ask you to pick a favourite, so don't worry. Um, I'll, I'll tell you my favourite. <laughs> what benefits do you think you've been able to take from playing both codes? Because obviously there's some overlap, but it's still it's it's a different challenge in, in each case. I would say uh, I was in the sevens program when I was 18. And I think what it gave me in terms of fitness and gym perspective, it started with my gym age early and kind of getting through all that hard work was a really good education for me. Mm. Um, In terms of crossover between a sevens player and a back row slash second row, there's not a huge amount. Like, you know, it's a very different job. Um, so in terms of the characteristics of an athlete, like the strength that allowed me to build up and how I learned where my capacity was and how hard I could push myself, that was big. But even in terms of, you know, how you approach the contacts in different scenarios, you know, it's a different fitness, you know, 14 minutes of running, you know, the legs off yourself is very different to 80 minutes of collisions. Yeah. So, um, it's a completely different game, but in terms of what it offered me as an athlete, in terms of gym and running, whatever, that was major for me. Kind of started me off earlier. Definitely gave me advantage for sure. And it's interesting because you started off as a as a center, and we're seeing you know people like Thomas Ahern, for example, smashing it in the forward pack, having started his career in the backs as well. What do you think? Yeah it is that's kind of allowing that flexibility for players to move around like that because I feel like we're seeing it more now than we used to in the past. I don't think that was as much of, of a thing really before, at least not not in my memory of, yeah. of watching rugby. No, I want to make clear that all I'm good for now in the backs is a good hard line and a good crash <laughs> ball. <laughs> so I wouldn't say now I was exactly um, very ring roads in the centre, but uh yeah, I suppose I had a bit of speed and power and, you know, a lot of our centres, Eva Dalton, Enya, could probably throw them into the back row and they'll do a job. So I think there is a bit of interchangeability there. Hmm. Um, and, you know, underage is very different. It's kind of, you know, I thought I was a back for ages. so stupid. It's <laughs> <laughs> always forward. Um, it's different. You kind of get moved around. I think a lot of girls transition backs, back row, second row, a lot of them you know, a few end up in front row who might have even been in the back. So it's, I think it's, you know, how you progress and mature and what, mm. where you're needed. Yeah, absolutely. And talking of the Six Nations, you mentioned it earlier, obviously last year was a tough campaign, but there was a lot of discussion around the fact that it's a young squad that's building for the future. And the team did finish off the year 2023 in the end with three wins on the bounce in October. How has the, I suppose, what kind of, from your perspective, were the building blocks that kind of happened in the middle that helped to to get that momentum going? Obviously, you had the the new coach Scott Beeman to come in as well. Yeah, that's the main difference. Mm-hmm. New coach, new strategy, new system, whole new 
whole new area of learning and expertise that he's bringing in. I have such an appreciation for things that I didn't really know the dimension of before, like the purpose of the kicking game, how important it is, you know, kick, sprint, win the half, all these kind of micro details, micro skills that don't take, you know, much brain capacity, but it's just an effort and a, a trigger thing to know when to do them and they make such a difference to our game. So he's bringing like a whole new dimension of rugby and our understanding of it and trying to heighten that you know every time we are on the pitch or every time we're doing analysis so mm. it's great like it's exciting I you know it's the system we can all buy into and you know he's a decent guy family man good coach professional and um, impressed with him that's great here yeah I imagine it's had a really positive impact as far as you know the whole unit as well the coach the coaches oh, yeah, and yeah. and the team as you said something you can buy into how how is the unit feeling at the moment you know amongst the players at least yeah well I suppose um we're always split up with our girls in Prem and uh in Ireland we're all in Celtic Cup and stuff but mm-hmm. that's something we've worked on there's we have a leadership group or a performance group that kind of keeps things intact and there's constant updates and group chats and stuff so the connectivity is a lot um better so it's great um you kind of know what more what the girls overseas are at they know what we're doing more we're watching their games they're watching ours um it's just kind of made more uh, accessible there's more chat throughout the year rather than when we just come back together so it's mm. good yeah that sounds like a really positive i mean it's a no-brainer i suppose in a sense but you you know someone has to to start it off which is yeah, exactly. great that you have that going. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Women's Six Nations isn't isn't starting until March. What do you know so far about how the preparations and everything like that are going to look like? Yeah, we're playing Celtic Cup uh, for another few rounds anyway, and then we'll be into camp, and that'll be it. We'll be in camp for two months, uh, training, staying in the hotel, training, play. It's kind of the same kind of cycle every year. So you mm-hmm. kind of block off the Six Nations as its own entity in the year but my favourite competition it's um, a great level of rugby you've got all the best athletes in the country and Irish athletes overseas and it's great to play at that level um, and with the system Scott kind of implemented Dubai you know we played we two teams by a lot of points and mm. um, I don't really know if you can use that as a complete way to rate yourself it was obviously great for our confidence and stuff hmm. Spain was a tighter game again we kind of saw more things we needed to work on so it'll be a good um, test of where we are and um, it's definitely kind of uh, don't take the foot off the break between Dubai and Six Nations so that's kind of what we're all remembered for sure yeah it sounds like a really positive stepping stone as you said even just on the confidence level We've kind of mentioned a couple of domestic competitions. How do you feel things are looking at the moment in terms of building a strong pipeline for women's rugby in Ireland? Because we've obviously got a couple of different options and pathways for for folks now as well. And there's proper under 18 and under 20 pathways coming into place in the international stage as well. Yeah, it's great to see, you know, the Irish 20s in their second year, the girls, um, I know that there's like incredible people in all the different clubs at grassroots level who are literally <laughs> driving the thing themselves. Mm-hmm. I know my own club, Polly Murphy, was huge and everything she did for the girls in Feathered. And it's people like that that 
are kind of the most for grassroots rugby like it's obviously funding whatever etc but if you have someone like that in every small club who can continue to drive it and get people to work with them I think that's kind of a huge part of it as well um I have to say I don't know all of the intricacies of the domestic game and what's happening at the moment um I know with Celtic Cup they've lost a lot of numbers in the AIL um so it's kind of hard to manage both due to kind of I suppose the small small enough pool of women that are playing when you've got mm. this many teams um so I think the clubs are under a bit of pressure um Celtic Cup is at the moment Munster Connacht few girls from Leinster and Ulster as well I'm on the Clovers which is that Munster Connacht kind of team mm. and then Leinster Ulster um is the Wolfhounds so we're one of the two teams in Ireland that are competing with the Welsh and Scottish side so played three rounds of that so far so it's good to get rugby in every week and um, we haven't had that many sessions together uh, Dennis Fogarty's our head coach at the moment and he's great so there's a, a lot of people learning a lot and um, it's just good to get games on the go. Definitely being exposed, as you say, on a on such a regular basis to that level, I imagine is going to be really helpful over definitely a longer period of time for sure for the whole team. Um, yeah. We had the announcement earlier this week that there is going to be a women's Lions tour to New Zealand in 2027. Did you pay much attention to that? Did you get any bit any bit excited? What are what are the thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, it's an unreal stepping stone for women's rugby, I suppose. <laughs> Over like since I've been involved, it always every year there seems to be an article about a Lions women's mm-hmm. team. So it's good to see that it's actually happening. Um, I suppose no, it's great to see happening. I suppose it's not uh, within my immediate um goals or whatever because mm. we have a lot of rugby to play, a lot of things to qualify before then. So um, twenty seven seems a good while away, but I'm glad it's on the horizon for everyone playing rugby. For sure. Really exciting times ahead, I think, at all levels of the game. Yeah. As you said, if we could get get that grassroots pipeline even stronger, that would be fantastic. Darcy, yeah. thanks so much for, for taking the time out to chat to me on Corkstrad FM yeah. and we're wishing you the very best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sarah. Really, really great to chat to Darcy and hoping, as she said, that there can be a lot of positivity brought forward and a lot of momentum going into that Women's Six Nations which of course starts in March. Now I played Grey Mountry's reaction to that Munster loss last night a little bit earlier but let's also hear from Phil Dowson, the Northampton Saints Director of Rugby on how he saw the game. Phil, congratulations. You must be pretty happy with that performance and that win tonight. Yeah, showed a lot of character considering the conditions down to 14 against Munster at home. That's, they're all the things that add up to a really good result for us. Yeah, you know all about coming to Tomwint and to get a win is a pretty hard thing to do. This is the first time for Northampton, so that must be a pretty big result. Yeah, we talked about the history, about how great a challenge it was and how we wanted to relish that challenge. And I thought you saw today in terms of the, um, our ability to stick at it throughout the second half. I thought that spoke volumes about our group. And yeah, this is one of those great places to come and play because you do get challenged and it, it doesn't happen very often. And at halftime, how were you feeling? Down to 13 at that point and, and then 14. So it, it was tough for the players, but obviously they, they overcame it. Yeah, and I thought um, I thought our ability to message, uh, you know, how to get back to 14 without conceding any more points, how to deal with life at 14 moving forward with the win behind and what that meant for us in terms of our game plan. 
um, and also the energy from the bench to come on and, and, and pick up where the lads had, had left off in terms of trying to cover for that one man missing. So I thought it was excellent. And Finn Smith, just a word on his performance out there. His kicking game was on point. That drop goal on the 60th minute was a beauty. Yeah, no, exactly. I thought him and Mitch managed the game particularly well in the second half. It's not just a kick everything sort of strategy. We still had to play at certain times, and I thought our run kick decision making was excellent. The drop goal was a was a touch of class, running Agora-esque um, against Northampton. Um, and so, yeah, I think those two guys put us in the right place, and things like the mall try, you know, those bits and pieces just, just helped us get over the line. And in a really good place now into the last 16, home advantage, overall on the season. You must be pretty happy with how things are going. Yeah, really pleased. We've got one more one more game in the Prem before we go into a break. And I think in that break, the lads will enjoy a well-deserved rest and uh, we'll put their feet up and then we'll um, regroup and try and get back on page and make sure that we uh, finish the last third of the season um, properly. Brilliant, Phil. Thanks for your time. Thank you Cheers. Thank you. The Munsters captain Tyburn also shared his post-match reaction to what was a disappointing result. So let's have a listen to what he had to say. Tyg, hard luck out there today. Not the, the way you would have wanted to finish the game, that's for sure. No, not at all. Um, yeah, very disappointing. Um, once again, we we're probably in control at half time. Um, you know, they went down to 14, and we knew the weather was going to be against us in the second half that we had to take them and we obviously started very well but um, you know I think probably our management of the game um, you know in the last quarter probably let us down and gave away too many penalties and made too many errors and just kind of let them into the game um, so credit to them Yeah it was a slow start to the game for Munster but you really came into your own and 15-7 at half time did it feel like things were clicking at that point? Yeah for sure I think uh, we knew we knew it would be a tough, uh, tough start, um, didn't go as, go as planned, you know, we wanted a, fa- a fast start and um, they came out of the blocks um, and we were probably defending quite a bit, but I thought we defended fairly well, um, but yeah, we came, in, came into the game then uh, towards, the, towards the second part of the first half and, um, you know, as I said, we scored tried out right on the stroke of half time, which, which gave us a bit of confidence going into the second half, um, but yeah, that wasn't to be. And when they go down to 13 and then 14 men, how do you capitalise on that? Is it harder to maybe change things up or how did it feel at that point? Um, yeah, I think we just we didn't really want to change our game plan at all. Um, we stuck with it. Obviously the second half with the way the wind was, the wind was going against us, we, we knew we probably had to play a bit more than um, we probably would have liked if, if it was the other way around. Um, and we probably just overplayed at times and uh, coughed up a few errors and that's probably what, what lost us the game in the end. Yeah, not the results you would have liked, but it, the atmosphere out there, as always in Thomond Park, it's, it is incredible. And, you know, when you see it under lights and everybody's singing, it is pretty special. Oh, absolutely. The, the crowd were phenomenal again. We said at half-time that everyone was struggling to hear each other, so how important it was to be relaying messages, um, you know, from, from out wide in because it was that loud. And, you know, even the hookers were saying they were struggling to hear me in the line-out. Um, but, you know, that's what it's like here in Thomond Park. The crowd is always phenomenal and... Um, can't thank them enough, them enough for coming out in that, that type of weather today. Yeah. Does your attention turn now to the Six Nations in Ireland? Are you excited about all of that? Yeah, look, we'll think about that tomorrow. I'm probably going to have to try and get over this one tonight and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Brilliant, Ty. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, clearly a very disappointed Ty Byrne there. 
Alan Quinnan was at Thoma Park to see the action play out live and he gave his insight into how the game finished. Alan Quinlan, it's not the result that you would have hoped for here at Thoma Park. Bitterly disappointed in the end. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's... Um, it's a bit of a hammer blow to Munster, but I think if you if you look at the balance of the game, um, they got themselves in really good positions at times, didn't execute, and didn't probably have the control that's required to, to see out a game against a very good Northampton side. So, yeah, um, I think the first 20, 25 minutes Northampton showed and reminded everyone in the stadium or, or who was watching how good they are. They, um, they're a very cohesive side, very well coached, um, a lot of... A lot of players who are starting to um, get a lot of notice, um, in the, particularly this season. You know, even a number of players called up into the England squad. Um, Alex Mitchell and Finn Smith, their halfbacks, controlled the game really well. They were very impressive. And um, for Munster, I think, yeah, they, they, to score three tries, you're thinking at that point when Gavin Coombe scores in the second half that they're going to kick on and get the fourth one. But... Um, made too many mistakes their discipline was poor and and uh, give away too many penalties I think so they couldn't shake Northampton off they were 10 points up at one stage and it was looking like that it was going to be a bonus point win but I think the most important thing is they're in the round 16 now and they would have probably taken that before last week um, albeit um, losing the game is very very disappointing and I think they will look back and be quite frustrated at uh, certain aspects of that game particularly the discipline and their exit exit strategy but you know, they showed a lot of fight again um, they'd scrum penalties uh, lost lineouts again some of the stuff that that probably cost them in, in um in the previous couple of weeks but um, it wasn't for the lack of trying and they played against a very good side who showed their hand with their selection really picking a really strong team coming here to Thomond Park so they deserve massive credit Northampton Munster will be licking their wounds a little bit and, and very disappointed um, particularly when you're playing against 14 men for, for over 40 minutes of the game Yeah Northampton they're a really impressive attacking side and they play at such pace do you think that Munster I suppose found that difficult at times? Um, early on a little bit yeah but the Munster defended pretty well and they scrambled and they forced some turnovers I think they'd be disappointed with the first try from Alex Mitchell he took it very well there was a big gap um, the initial contacts were probably a little bit too passive they got over the gain line quite easily and he finished the try really well but he went through a really big gap which was probably uh, you know, disappointing from Munster's defence point of view and I think the try, um, you know, the only other try to score was the one that wins the game. I think the problem is the penalties that they're capable penalties, and some of them were long range. Finn Smith was brilliant. The drop goal was outstanding. So, um, you know, to score three tries and the opposition score two, and you lose the game, it's uh, it's a bit disappointing. But it shows what the, you know, that that Northampton are a good side, and it didn't surprise me that you, that Munster couldn't shake them off. And obviously after Gavin Coombe scores a try, I think that's a crucial period. And Munster just didn't get the territory and get the squeeze on them that they, they, they would have hoped for. But um, hard side to shake off and then they stayed in it. And then they started to believe, you know, and, and the try at the end from the mall is... That's from Munster trying to, you know, get an exit out, out of their own 22 themselves. And they get turned over. Well, it was Courtney Law's brilliant work at the breakdown. But I think... You know, if you look at that, it was it was probably sloppy for Munster there, and um, 
on the clean out and uh, that's the try that won the game from really but there's always a danger at happening when there's only one score in the game so um, Northampton were really good Munster poor at times in that second half and I think they'll be quite frustrated by that and um, you know scrums and lineups again there was issues there and, and, and that's probably disappointing that's happened again Yeah Munster they'll be frustrated not to have kicked on even after that Peter O'Mahony try just before the break they had all that momentum as you said Gavin Coombs gets that try straight off the break it looked like it was going their way down to 14 men Northampton were so you think that they would have made the most of it at that point why do you think that didn't happen? Um, I just think it was a bit of control and um, decision making and, and, and also you can't discount the fact that Northampton are really com- competitive team and they were really making it uh, uh, difficult for Munster around the breakdown their defence was very strong um, so there's a combination of, of Munster maybe at certain points needing to be a little bit better there but also um, you've got to give credit to the opposition Northampton have shown they've lost three times in the Premiership they've been away from home they're top of the table um, this is their fourth win in, in the pool stages of Europe so um, when you're playing good sides you probably have to um, just be really accurate around your breakdown and I don't think Munster were in that second half um, and Northampton managed the game really well in the sense that when you're down to 14 men they kicked really intelligently and they put the ball in behind Munster at times and, and you know Finn Smith Alex Mitchell did that and the win played havoc for both sides today and that was difficult but I think that's probably the key areas around the discipline the breakdown that um, Northampton got a little bit of edge and pressure there and, and, and that probably was you know very marginal things in the game but Munster just couldn't get to the next stage of getting that fourth try maybe and um, creating that opportunity and Jack Crowley his kicking game probably wasn't where he wanted to be tonight but maybe that was conditions too because it really was torrential rain wind it was tough to judge yeah it was very difficult uh, the wind the conditions uh, in fact the long range kicks from kind of in the centre seem to be um, you uh, um, curl them in a little bit for, for, for both kickers but yeah it was difficult and um, in the end there's only three points in it and um, you think a kick or two either way would have could have got him over the line but I just think you know when Northampton get that try it's really difficult and Munster trying to get up the field and and territory was a a problem at times tonight for them Um, but that stems from your breakdown and 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 just getting that bit of dominance around the gain line so there's there's loads of positive stuff Munster can take out of that game Um, some really good moments in the match but just at times that little bit of inaccuracy in that second half cost them yeah, some uh, some level-headed comments there from Alan Cullen, in fairness, definitely some positives that Munster will be able to take out of that game. But overall, unfortunate not to be able to finish it. That's almost everything I have time for this evening, folks. But as I mentioned earlier, finished 4-0 between Bournemouth and Liverpool this evening. So well, let's just get a final word on that game for you. Alan Seabrook has the full-time report. Well, it's finished Bournemouth nil, Liverpool 4 as the Reds go marching five points clear at the top of the table with all four goals coming in the second half. First, as Diego Jota set up Nunes tomorrow 1-0. Then on 21 minutes later, Jota himself was through on the inside right channel and fired past the goalkeeper for 2-0. With 11 minutes to go, Jota grabbed his second of the game before Nunes grabbed his brace from a cross from the right-hand side from Gomez. Liverpool then now unbeaten in the league in 14 games. Bournemouth still nicely tucked up in mid-table despite back-to-back defeats. It's finished. Bournemouth nil, Liverpool four.
And that's all I have time for this evening, folks. Apologies for the technical difficulties earlier. Hopefully we'll get that Andrew Conway audio out to you next weekend. Just before I go, I want to give you a latest score update in that Women's National Cup final in basketball. It's currently Father Matthews 71, Brunel 83. There's about five and a half minutes left in that final quarter. So still some work to do for Father Matthews if they're to, to overcome Brunel this evening. But stay tuned for Green on Red with Mags Blackburn coming up next and I'll chat to you next Sunday.